Today we're going to learn the fifth, the fifth sicha talk from the Rebbe that's published in volume 15 on the Parsha of Toldos. The first, as an introduction to today's learning, today's a learning, I believe, is a very geshmaka, a very enjoyable learn. I think we'll all find it very enjoyable. Um, but just before we actually get into the gist of this, of this, this talk on today's Parsha, I think it'd be worthy for us to do a little bit of inside the text, or at least the general flow of the text, so we can appreciate the learn here. So in this week's Parsha, we learn about the birth of the twins that were born to Yitzchak and Rivka, to Isaac and Rebekah. They have the twin boys of Jacob, Yaakov, and Isu, which is Esav, Yaakov and Esav. Yaakov and Esav each take a different path. Ultimately, Yitzchak, the father, sees that there's greatness in his son Esav as well, who was born first, who gets the first right of the firstborn born child. Rivka sees that the real potential and future of the Jewish people is going to be in Yaakov. She wants her husband to give the blessing to Yaakov. They, so they, through a scheme of a plan, Rivka helps Jacob get the blessings by disguising himself as Esau. And of course, we know that Yaakov gets all the blessings and pretty much that's the gist of the Parsha. But towards the end of the Parsha, in the last piece of the Parsha in chapter 28, it reads the following. I'll just skim through the text because this will help us to appreciate what we're going to learn today. Yitzchak calls his son Yaakov in and he blesses him and he commands to him and he tells him, you know, you're soon going to have to get married. And he tells him, make sure that you don't take a wife from the girls of Canaan. I don't want you taking a Canaanite girl. Go Arise and go to the city of Padana Aram. Padana Aram. Go over there and you're going to find in the city of Padana Aram, you're going to see the house of Besuel. Besuel is my father-in-law, the father of your mother, basically Rivka's father. Go there and take for yourself a woman, a wife, from the daughters of Lavan, who is your mother's brother. So in other words, go look for one of your first cousins. So again, Yitzchak married Rivka. Rivka had a brother, Lavan. And he says, go there and take for yourself a daughter of, sorry, Lava, sorry, let's do that again. Yitzchak marries Rivka. Rivka is the daughter of Besuel. Besuel has a brother named Lavan, and he has some daughters. So in other words, your, your cousins, my brother-in-law, go to there and take from his, one of his daughters. Go, go, try to get that. And Hashem, the Almighty, will bless you, and you'll be fruitful and multiply, and so on. Then, he gives him the blessings that Abraham got for him and his descendants of, the, of inheriting the land. Then, as he's giving him his instructions to go find his wife, then it says, Vayishlach Yaakov, Yitzchak es Yaakov, 
and Yitzchak sends away Yaakov, Vayelech, and he went to Padena Aram, to that city, to Lavan, the son of Besuel, so that's Rivka's brother, the Aramite, the brother of Rebecca, her brother, and he, she is the mother of Yaakov and Esav. Then it continues. Esav saw, and here's what's going to be the important part from here, verse 6. And Esav saw that his father Yitzchak blessed his brother Yaakov, and that he sent his brother to Padan Aram to get a wife from there. When he benched him, he gave him the blessing. And he saw that he commanded his brother Yaakov not to take a woman from the daughters of Canaan. That's verse 6. In verse 7 it says that Jacob listened to his father and his mother. And he went to Padan Aram to go find his wife. Verse 8, and Esau saw that the girls from Canaan were bad in his father Yitzchak's eyes. And then, verse 9, Esau went to Yishmael. He went to Yishmael's family, his father Yitzchak's half-brother Yishmael, Abraham's son Yishmael, who he had from his concubine from Hagar. He has Yishmael. So Esau went there and he took for himself a wife from the daughters of Yishmael, from Yishmael's family. What was this uh, girl's name? Basmas or Machlas, different names. He took from there the daughter of Yishmael, who was the daughter of Avraham. And he takes them and he, as he takes her, this girl as an additional wife. Now, that's the way the Parsha concludes. Now, let's read over a drop Briefly, verse 6, 7, and 8, because this is the gist and the importance of the Sicha. Again, in verse 6, Esav saw that Yitzchak blessed Yaakov, and he saw, continuation of what he sees, is that he sends, that Yitzchak sent his brother to Padan Aram to get a wife, and that's the place where he's going to get his blessings, and he commands him, don't take a girl from Canaan. Then it says, and Yaakov heard his father and his mother and he went to Padan Aram. Says Rashi, what happens here? What is verse 7? And Yaakov heard his father and mother and he went to Padan Aram to go get his wife. Says Rashi, this verse that Yaakov heard his father and mother actually is something that goes in a continuation of verse 6. Vayishma Yaakov and Yaakov heard is a continuation of the verse before. Meaning, it's all things that Esav saw. Verse 6 says, Esav saw that Yitzchak blessed Yaakov and that he sent him to Padan Aram. And then when it says that he, Vayar Esav, Kiberach Yaakov, he saw that Yitzchak blessed Yaakov. And that he sends him to Padan Aram. And when Yaakov heard what his father said, then he went to Padan Aram. And then Rashi says that this idea that he heard Jacob listen to his father 
is not that telling you something that happened to Jacob. It's that it's a continuation of verse six. This Esav saw that Yaakov heard and listened to his father. That he went down to Padan Aram and that the daughters of Canaan were bad in the eyes of his father. And he went also to get a wife by Yishmael. So on this continuation that verse 7 Rashi is explaining is, an, is a continuation of verse 6 that it's Esav that saw that Jacob listened. The Rebbe has here a couple of questions. Number one, this contribution, let's now go like this. This contribution of Rashi that he's pointing out that verse 7 is a continuation to verse 6. So when verse 6 says, Esav saw that Yitzchak gave the blessing to Yaakov and that he went down to Padan Aram and that he instructed him not to marry a Canaanite girl. And then it says, and Yaakov listened to his parents. It's not that Yaakov listened to his parents is a separate idea. It's a continuation that Esav saw that Jacob listened. So this idea that Rashi is saying is that this verse, Vayishma Yaakov, that Yaakov heard, is a continuation that Yaakov that Esav saw that he heard, Rashi could have just said, in very brief, he could have just said, and Yaakov heard is a continuation what Esav saw. Why does Rashi have to go and say a bunch of details? Look at the details here. Rashi says, what did he see? And what did he hear? In this gray box here, he heard, he saw that he got blessing, he saw that he went to Padan Aram, he heard that Yaakov, that Yaakov heard his father went to Padan Aram and that the girls of Canaan are bad. And he went to get a daughter from Yishmael's family. Why does Rashi have to tell us such a lengthy Rashi? Rashi could have just said very simple. Verse 7 is a continuation of the verse 6 that says that Esav saw. It's all about what Esav saw. It's not a separate idea in verse 7. Number 2. In verse 6, it says clearly there an instruction. Vayitzav alav, he commanded, you shall not take a wife from the girls, from the daughters of Canaan. It's a clear instruction from Yitzchak to Yaakov. Why didn't Rashi say that point too? That you shall not take, that what did Esav see? He saw that Yitzchak told him, don't take a wife from the daughters of Canaan. Why did Rashi omit that? Number three, Amongst the details that Rashi's mentioning here in his Rashi on verse 7, Rashi says that verse 7 is part of verse 6. It's, it's a continuation. Then what should Rashi capture? He should capture things that were said in verse 6. But not the idea that he that Yaakov heard what his father says. That is verse 7. Rashi doesn't have to recap verse 7 that what did Esau see? He also heard this in verse 7. That's what we're talking about. Certainly not the point that he, that he heard that he knows that he knows that the daughters of Canaan are bad. He says, Rashi says, and that the daughters of Canaan were displeasing to his father. That's only something that comes up in verse 8. And Esau saw that the daughters of Canaan were displeasing to his father Isaac. So why does Rashi quote something in verse 7 
That's going to be said later in verse 8. Just doesn't seem like it fits in here. And the the final question is, what totally doesn't make sense over here, Rashi concludes, and Esav went, he too went, then he too went to Yishmael. He went to go get a wife from Yishmael's family. And he too went to Yishmael. Well, this point is not something that Esav saw. It's something that Esav did. It's not something that he saw about his brother. And we can't say that Rashi's throwing this in. That Esav saw all these things that happened. That Yitzchak blessed his brother. And he told his brother to go to Padan Aram to go find a wife by Lavan. Right? And that's what led to the idea that he should realize that the girls are bad and his father doesn't like them. They're displeasing in his father's eyes. And that's what led him to go to Yishmael. You can't say that that's why Rashi's adding that. That to tell me that that was the conclusion that Esav took out of it. Why? Because when it says an Esav saw, that's clearly an introduction. It's self-understood that it's an introduction to the fact that in verse 9, that so Esav went and took to Yishmael and took for himself a wife. In other words, you don't have to tell me and then Esav went and took a wife from Yishmael's family. It's self-understood, the whole narrative here. That Esav saw all these things that happened to his father, was nice to his brother and gave him all this guidance. And now Esav said, okay, I also won't take a Canaanite girl. If I see my dad doesn't like it, I'll take now a girl from the Ishmael's family. It's self-understood. Even without Rashi telling me this. So the fact that Rashi says that when it says that Yaakov listened to his parents... And he went to Padan Aram. And Rashi says that's part of the whole vision that Esav saw. It's understood that there's a connection between the fact of what Esav saw and the fact that he went and took a girl from Yishmael's family. And that's why Rashi concludes he too, then he too went, Esav also went to Yishmael and took a, took a girl from Yishmael. In other words, the fact that Rashi's putting it in here is telling it must be that this is connected to the whole idea of what he saw. And basically, what we want to try to figure out is when it says that Asa saw all these things by his brother, how does this idea of what he saw mean automatically that Asa should run and take also a girl not from the Canaanites, but to go to Yishmael's family? So he says like this, if you think about it, if you look again, so let's go back to the verse again. If you look again here, you see twice the words, and Esav saw. In the beginning of verse 6 it says, and Esav saw that Isaac had blessed Jacob. Then in verse 8 again it says, and Esav saw that the daughters of the Canaanites were displeasing to his father. Why does it say twice the words that Esav saw? When the verse says something a second time, which it could have technically not said so this a second time, that means there's got to be telling you something more deeper here by saying it a second time. So in verse 6, it, could have, it says, And Asim saw that his brother was blessed, and his father sent him to Padan Aram to get a wife, and he told him, Don't take a Canaanite wife. And he saw and heard that Yaakov listened. And it could just say, And... 
the, he realizes that the girls are displeased from Canaanite, are displeasing to his father, and therefore he goes to Yishmael. Why does it have to say in verse 8, again, and Esau saw that they were displeasing in the eyes, the Canaanite girls were displeasing to his father, Isaac. So the fact that it says twice the words, and Esau saw, this is going to be the key information for us that's going to help us unlock the doors here to be able to understand the narrative that's happening here. When it says, Ace of Saw, twice, the Rebbe brings down that we had previously in the Parsha of Ayera when, Ace, when, when Abraham saw, he saw God, he saw the angels, over there it says also twice the word that he saw. So Rashi points out there that the fact that it says twice and he saw is two different kinds of seeing. The first time when it says you saw, it means you saw, like you've had a visual, a visual, um, you know, encounter with something. The second time is to tell you not just that you saw it, it's to tell you like you steered at it, you comprehended what you saw. It's not just enough that I saw. You know, many times you have things in life where you see something and it doesn't give you such a big experience. Sometimes you see something and it really, really resonates. It's like something you'll never forget for the rest of your life. Right? A lot of the hakam, you don't remember every single thing you saw. Only some things. Because some things really take a deeper place inside you. It's like in the definition of steering at something or comprehending something. So the first time it says here in Ace of Saw, he's talking about he saw events. He saw things that happened between Yitzchak, his father, and his brother Yaakov. He saw that his father blessed his brother and that he sent him off to Padan Aram and he commanded him, don't take a girl from Canaanite. Fine. That was just something that he saw a regular level of seeing. But then the second time Vayar is much deeper. Now, now, as time moves on, Esav actually got it. He really started to understand that the girls of Canaan are so bad in the eyes of his father. They were irking him. It bothered his father. It was disgusting to his father. And that already took a much deeper place in Esav's heart. It wasn't just that, yeah, yeah, I saw what happened there. He told his brother. He doesn't take it serious. But now he actually realizes that those girls are completely bad. As the verse says, That means they were bad or disgusting in his father's eyes. The simple meaning, by the way, that they were bad was that they were heavily involved in smoking up. When I say smoking up, smoking up of idol worship. All different kinds of incense were taking place in the house and it was making his father crazy. It became disgusting, displeasing to him. There's actually a Rashi elsewhere that says that, that Esau's wife, Esau actually brought, first he used to marry Canaanite girls. And Rashi brings that elsewhere, we spoke about this last year, that the, these women that he used to bring in, they used to do all these idol worships, and the smoke from their incense, their, their burnings, caused Yitzchak, that to his eyesight went. That's what caused him to become blind in his older years. So there's things about them that they were bad. So Ace of the second time it says Ace of Saw, it means that he really got it. And at this point now he says, you know what? 
I can't do this to my old man. And now I'm going to go take more wives because the wives that I have are not good enough because I know my father doesn't like them. And he doesn't even divorce those Canaanite girls. And his father doesn't even want to mix into it and tell him go divorce them because he knows there's a good chance his son will listen to him. But he goes, in addition to his Canaanite girls, he goes now and he takes a girl from Yishmael's family. And we're soon going to find out why, what was in there for that. But says the Rebbe, we have to understand the whole point of the whole story is that Esav saw is to make it clear to us the reason that led that he should go to marry a girl from Yishmael's family. He went to Yishmael and Vayikach and he took a girl from there. It would have been enough to tell me the detail and Esav saw that the girls from Canaan were bad in his father's eyes. And he went now to Yishmael. Why do you have to tell me a whole lengthy thing of things that he saw? Why do you have to tell me so many things? He saw that Yitzchak gave him a blessing. He saw that Yitzchak told him to go to Padan Aram to go get a, a girl from Lovin's family. He saw that Yitzchak commanded him not to take girls from Canaan. Why do you have to tell me all these details? Just tell me the second time. Esau saw that the girls of Canaan were bad in his father's eyes and that's what led him to go to his uncle Yishmael. Why would that not be enough? Why do you have to tell me such a long, a long thing? For sure, what would have sufficed would be that, that he saw the commandment that his father told him, don't take, that his father told his brother, don't take a girl from Canaan. That for sure would have been enough. And then tell me that he realized that the girls from Canaan are, are displeasing to his father's eyes. Why do you have to tell me all these details that he saw that his father gave him a blessing and he sent him to Padan Aram and he commanded him not to take a Canaanite girl? In other words, how does it help me to understand all these details? When there's details here, as we say in English, it's all in the details. What are those details? What does these what do these details add to me? So to explain this, the Rebbe goes on like this. That when the Torah tells us this whole lengthy thing, it's really because we want to answer a general question here. And the idea that Esav went to take a girl from Yishmael, his uncle Yishmael's family. Seemingly, he could have taken another, more girls from Canaan because he already had some girls from Canaan, some wife some, from Canaan. So the fact that he goes now to Yishmael was why? Because he wanted to show his father that I'm a good boy. <laughs> Daddy, me? You didn't even command me I shouldn't take a girl from Canaan, and I'm doing it anyways. He always liked to show his father that he was a great guy. You remember the story when Yishmael got married at 40 years old? So Rashi points out that that Esav, why did he get married at 40? He wanted to show his father Yitzchak that I'm just as good as you, daddy. You got married at 40, I got married at 40. I'm a kosher man, just like you. He used to try to impress. That's why they, there's a verse in the Torah that says, um, that, 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 that Esav was like a pig. Why do we use such a harsh word about him? Because the definition of a pig is that it has split hooves, right? But it doesn't chew its cud. 
That means a pig stands there and sticks out its its hooves and tells everybody, look at me, look at me, I'm kosher, I'm kosher. Really, in the inside, doesn't chew its cut. That means it's not a kosher. Esau was like that kind of attitude. He used to say on the outside, look, look, look how kosher I am, what kind of goody person I am. He used to always try to show his father that he's such a religious, observant person, even though he wasn't. But he used to try to give that image in the outside that he's a good boy. Really, in the inside, he wasn't. So over here, Yitzchak said to Yaakov, two things. Yitzchak said, don't take any girls from the Canaanites. And he said, go to Padan Aram to get for yourself a wife. When you think about it, there's two instructions here. A negative and a positive. Don't take from the daughters of Canaan and go to Padan Aram to get a wife. Yaakov did both. He listened to the negative, don't take a daughter of Canaan. And he listened to the positive, go to Padan Aram to get a wife. Why did Esav do only one of them? Esav only fulfilled one thing. If you're trying to show that you follow your father's footsteps and you you overheard your father telling this instruction to your brother, why didn't he do the same thing? He only listened to one half. Don't take a girl from Canaan. Why didn't he also travel to Padan Aram and find a girl there? To understand this, and to understand in general the conduct of Esav, the Torah tells us twice an Esav saw. In the things that he saw, he saw two categories. And one detail comes to tell you another detail that led that Esav went to Yishmael. The first time Vayar and Esav saw tells you why Esav accepted the fact that I shouldn't marry a Canaanite girl. But that doesn't mean I have to go down to Padan Aram. The second time it says that Esau saw tells me why he wouldn't take a Canaanite girl. In other words, it got deeper into him. He started comprehending the idea of how troubling these girls are to his father. And that's what made him go to the daughters of Yishmael. But because there's two times that Esav saw, so you get to see that Esav rationalized to divide reasons of why he only has to listen to the idea, don't take the Canaanite girl, but he does not need to listen to go down to Padan Aram to get himself a wife. What does it mean? What's the difference? How does he separate the two on his own? He comes to this conclusion. So we go on to explain now the difference between the two instructions of why did, or in Esau's mind, Esau rationalized, why did my father tell him to go to Padan Aram? The whole message that Yitzchak tells his father, Yaakov, go to Padan Aram and get from there a wife, go take from there a wife, According to Esav, it was not because Yitzchak held that you could only find an appropriate shidduch match in Padan Aram. No. Esav thought that the reason why his father told his brother to go to Padan Aram because that 
place is going to be the vessel to receive all the blessings that daddy gave you. All those blessings that you got from our father, you're gonna, it's going to kind of fall on you when you go to Padan Aram. As the verse itself says, and Esau saw that he was blessed by Yitzchak. And he sent him to Padan Aram, the place. And that's where he gives him a blessing. Therefore, he held that going to Padan Aram was only an important detail for his brother. In order for my brother Yaakov to get the blessing, he has to go there. But I don't have any blessings to receive. So I don't have to go to Padan Aram. In other words, Esav on his own concoct this whole idea of why did my father tell him to go to Padan Aram? Because he, needs, he associated it that that's where he's going to be able to get his blessings. As Esav says, I don't have the blessings, I don't have to go there. So Esav is trying to use his intellect to rationalize his steps. You know why I only listened to my father halfway? I found the reason why. Because that's not relevant to me. But the commandment, don't take a wife of Canaan. Over there, it's Vayar Esav. And Esav saw, meaning the second level of seeing. He saw, he got it, he comprehended it, he digested it. That why should I not take them? Because they're bad. And that's why he went to Yishmael. So in other words, let's take a small pause here a second and think to ourselves. A lot of times we get instructions and we say to ourselves, we, we find room sometimes to act like an Esav where we're going to rationalize things, right? Let's say a person says, for example, a person could say that, you know why I should honor my parents? Because the Torah says, if you honor your parents, you get a blessing for long life. I'm just giving you an example. So the Rebbe doesn't need to go into this example. I'm just bringing this example here. So what happens if a person's parents died young? So you, and let's say your parent honored their parents. So you may rationalize yourself and say, you know what? It doesn't work in our family. Honoring your parents, who says that gives you long life? In our family, it doesn't work. In other words, when you start using intellect, you can justify any kind of behavior. So here is where we see this. Esav says, my fa- I saw my father gave a blessing to Esav, to Yitzchak, and he told Yitzchak to go down to Padanram to get himself a wife, and he tells him not to take a Canaanite girl. One second, the blessing was connected with the command. Right after that, he told him to go to Padan Aram. So probably going to Padan Aram has to do with receiving a blessing. So therefore, I don't have to do that. I could be a good boy on my own without going to Padan Aram. And not just that, you're soon going to see. You know what kind of girl I'm going to take? Ah, a daughter of Yishmael. Who's Yishmael's father? Abraham. I'm actually getting a much better part of the deal here. My brother's going to go get a, a, a go get a girl from Lavan. Who's Lavan? Lavan is a descendant from Abraham's brother. So it's going to be a great nephew of Abraham, but I'm going to get Abraham's granddaughter. A daughter of Yishmael, right? So he's again, just like Esau does other times. He shows his father, look at me. You know, I got split hooves. I'm a tzaddik. 
I'm great, look at me. I want to get the direct grandson from Abraham. I, Ishmael's mother is a concubine. I'm not paying attention to that part. Right? That's where he goes off track here. But so far here, what do we have? We have that Esav rationalizes on his own. I don't have to go to Padan Aram because he didn't give me the blessing, so it's not associated with me to go there. And it must be that he's going there just to get the blessing. That's why he's going to Padan Aram. Who gave Esav this idea to think like that? Nobody. On his own, he comes up with this idea. Now we can understand the lengthy wordings that Rashi says. When Rashi could have said something short in one line and says it in three or four lines because there's a lot of depth there. That's why he's saying it. We all know that Rashi is the condensed text of the most important commentary of the Torah. After Rashi says, what does it mean? And Yaakov heard. He doesn't say that this is just like a by the way statement. He says, no, this is the fact that Yaakov heard what his father and mother told him to go to Padan Aram, that's connected to everything else that Esau saw. When the first time, when Esau saw, it says in that verse that his father commanded him, don't take a girl from Canaan. According to all of this, in the first time when Esau saw, we could say that it's explaining that Esau didn't want to go down to Padan Aram because those details he said is not connected to him because he doesn't need the blessing. He doesn't get the blessing. Comes out that the commandment from Yitzchak, don't take a girl from the Canaanites, must be, it has to do with the second time by Yar, that he sought and digested it. Because that's going to explain why Esau is not going to take a girl from the Canaanites. That's why Rashi explains that when it says that Yaakov heard, it's connected to the first time when Esau saw, he saw. And he says the details what he saw, that Yitzchak was, blessed his brother, and then he sent him off to Padan Aram. And Rashi skips the words that his father commanded him not to take a girl from Canaanite, because why does Rashi skip those words that Esau saw that? Because in Esau's point of view, that wasn't important for Yaakov to go to Padan Aram. Esav says that Yaakov goes to Padan Aram just to get a blessing, not because he doesn't want to take a girl from Canaan. I don't want to take a girl from Canaan because I see it's displeasing to my father. And that's why I'm going to go to Yishmael. So when we asked the, the question, the second question we asked was, in the verse it says clearly, that his father told his brother, don't take a girl from Canaan, Rashi skips over that. Why? Because in, in Esav's view, that wasn't a real commandment to anything. The main thing was going to Padan Aram to get the blessings. The second time it says Esav saw, oh, that's a whole different thing. It's a seeing of comprehending. It's a much different depth. Now we also understand what the details when Rashi says, he says, and he saw that his father gave him the blessings. He saw his father told him to go to Padan Aram. And he saw that the girls of, of Canaan were displeasing. They were bad in his father's eyes. Which is really something that happened only after Jacob went to Padan Aram. Why does Rashi already stay to say that statement? That it was 
that, that statement that the, with the girls of Canaan are displeasing in his father's eyes, which is something that comes in the next verse. Because this idea was in the first time that Esau saw. It says that he went, his father told him, don't take girls from Canaan. And Yaakov listened and went to Padan Aram. But for Esav, when the verse says, according to the way Rashi learns it here, he wants to explain to you that there was two different details in the conduct of Esav that he found what's important to him. The first time he just listened to it and he rationalizes everything. I don't have to go to Padan Aram because that's not relevant to me. And therefore the whole thing of not marrying the girls of Canaan is also not so relative to me. But then in the next verse, he realizes, oh, one second, this is really serious stuff to my father. He really, really will bother him to the core. I better not do this. And this is something very interesting because, in by the way, as a side note, I saw this in the unedited version of the Sicha. The Rebbe brings down an interesting halacha. He says that in the laws of honoring your parents, Parents do not have jurisdiction to tell their child, you're not allowed to marry this girl or your daughter, you're not allowed to marry this boy. If your child wants to marry somebody, obviously we're talking about halachically, it's kosher to marry. And let's say the parents don't like the the future daughter-in-law or the future son-in-law. You're not allowed to tell your child or you could tell them, but your child does not get a sin if if he's in love or she's in love with whoever it is. That's not called disobeying your parents. Now, again, we're not talking about marrying out or something like that. Right? In this case here, Esav understood, even though halachically my father's not going to bother me of who I'm going to marry. The fact is, I already have a few wives from the Canaanites. But I know that this is bothering my father. The daughters of Canaan is making my father Meshuggah. <laughs> it's bothering him and he's not, he's not getting rest from this. So I'm going to show him that I'm a great guy and I'm going to go marry one of Yishmael's daughters. So in other words, Esau hit a stage that he realizes in his own crooked way that I'm going to listen by not getting married to the Canaan. I'm going to go marry somebody else. Now we can also understand why Rashi brings not just the details that when Yaakov listened to his parents, Rashi says that it's connected to the verse that says that when Yaakov listened to his father and he went to Padan Aram and that the girls from the Canaan were displeasing to his father, Rashi's trying to explain why Yaakov, the verse that says Yaakov listened is connected to the verse where it says and Yitzchak blessed him but he doesn't say that it's connected to the detail of the verse that says that Yitzchak told him don't marry the daughters of Yaakov, of the daughters of Canaan. Because this detail, Vayitzav, that he commanded him, according to the way Rashi is explaining us, the way Esav thinks is really relevant to the next verse when Esav saw, the second time it says he saw, meaning he got it. It took time for Esau to get it, but he eventually he got it that this bothers his father. That detail he did get well. And therefore, Rashi brings down, and he went to get the, uh, a daughter from Yishmael. We asked before a question 
that's only coming up in the next verse that he ended up, the last verse of the Parsha says that he went to get a daughter of Yishmael. Why did Rashi quote this here, that Esav saw this and he went to get a daughter of Yishmael? It's self-understood that all this was led Esav to think that he should go get a girl from Yishmael. The reason why Rashi brought this down was in order to clarify that when it says that his father commanded him, don't take girls from Canaan. And now he realizes that his father is completely displeasing of these girls. It's not connected to the verse that he heard and what his father said and went to Padram. It's part of the narrative that when he saw, meaning it affected him. That's the point that Rashi is trying to say. That when it says, Vayar, and he saw, it means he digested it. It went deep into his mind, deep into his psyche, this value. And that's why he came to the conclusion not to marry the Canaanite girl. But here, when Rashi says, that Rashi skips over that commandment that his father said, don't marry the daughter of Canaan, when he lists us all the details, is not just to tell you that the words, Vayitzav, that his father commanded him, don't take the daughter of Canaan. Esav saw something that is no connected, not connected to before, meaning it's not connected to the idea of what he saw, but he, because, in other words, it's not something that they Jested by him yet, is to tell you that even according to Asaph's way of thinking, that Asaph's way of thinking is that Yaakov was forced to go to Padan Aram because he needed to receive his blessings. But I don't need to listen to that. So therefore, Asaph was able to think at this point that the commandment not to marry the daughters of Canaan is not relevant to me. And this was all an introduction. Now, in the second time, and Esau saw, now it became relevant to him and he realized it's displeasing. These girls are displeasing to his father. So now he says, I'm going to go to take the girls from Yishmo. And Rashi brings down in the end of his wordings and he also went to take the daughters of Yishmo. Esau on his own, by going to Yishmo, he was trying to show by me, I'm missing nothing if I go to the daughters of Yishmael. On the contrary, actually, I'm even better than my brother Yaakov. Because Esav was looking always for ways to show his father that I'm a good boy. Even though I wasn't even commanded to go to the daughters of Yishmael, I'm going to go there on my own. The Rebbe brings down in a footnote here, another reason why he went to Yishmael and not to Padan Aram, because that was another way to show that he was greater than his brother Yaakov. Because I took a daughter from Yishmael, who's the daughter of Avram. Look at that, I'm even better than my brother. Now I found in the unedited version, the Rebbe says another very fascinating detail here. You know what's called the trup. Trup is the cantillation marks in the Torah. When the Torah reader sings the words. So it says that it's uh, it, the 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 singing words on the words that says when it says he took a daughter the last verse of today's parsha let's let's do the here it says that he took the daughter of Yishmael who was the son of Abraham if you look on the countilation marks, it's called a kadma v'azla. It goes like up 
on top of Yishmael and up on top of Avram. You sing it, Kadma v'yazla. So it goes like this. Bas Yishmael ben Avraham. It's like got a singing note to it. And the Rebbe says, because Esav, the reason why we sing it like that in the Torah reading is because Esav sung it. Like, look how great I am. I took the daughter of Yishmael, the daughter of Avraham. Wow, what a good guy I am. So this is, this is the Sicha that the Rebbe said in 1967 and it was published 10 years later in 1977. But I want to conclude with an amazing story that I heard over this past Shabbos when I was in New York for the Kinnah Sashluchim. For the gathering of all the Shluchim. We had a Fabreng in Shabbos afternoon and somebody said this story that, and it illustrates this point of this Sicha that you see here that Esav, when he used his own intellect, he ended up veering off from staying focused to the point. The point was two things. Don't marry the daughters of Canaan and find a girl in Padanaram. But Esav, through using his rationale, he cut out half of it and he went to get a girl somewhere else. Nobody asked him to do that. And look how many negative things and outcomes come that comes out of that for eternity, basically. So here's a, a small story somebody said. Said that in 1929, the previous Rebbe came out of Russia because after the communists, uh, they arrested him and miraculously he was let out of jail. And eventually they said that it's too complicated for you to stay in Russia, so they need him to leave. So he, he moved to Latvia. He had a visa to Latvia there. And he went there. And that's where pretty much he stayed for some time until he moved to Poland. But during the two, three years that he was there in Latvia, he traveled a lot. And he made a trip to America for nine months. Because he wanted to think all the community, two things, a few things he came to America. One point was he wanted to thank all the communities in America that stood up for world Jewry in Russia, which had the majority of the population of the Jews then lived in Russia. You have to remember, there was over 3 million observant Jews living in Russia at the time. That's how, I saw this in a letter from the previous year, but that's how many observant Jews, imagine how many Jews were there. So, and he also collected money in America to send to help the Jews in Russia to have kosher food, matzah, and other things. And he toured around America to encourage Jews to, you know, don't be so Americanized. So when he was in America, he was in New York, he was in New Jersey, he was in um, Massachusetts, he was in Chicago. When he was in Chicago, the, there was a lot of Hasidim lived in Chicago and they embraced him greatly. As a matter of fact, later when he came back to America in 1940, they begged and begged that he should come again to Chicago and he made a second trip to Chicago in 1942. And that was a very difficult trip because he wasn't well. And while he was there, his mother in Brooklyn, in Crown Heights, passed away. Which was a story for another time. But the first time when he was in Chicago... There was a, a Jew that came to in a private audience with him and told him that he has a son that wants to go to Israel. And those days, obviously, you went by ship. And he wants to, a blessing from the Rebbe that his son should be able to go to Israel. 
And the previous Rebbe said to him that your son should not go. Not a good idea. The man conveyed the message to his son, but his son was determined that he has to go. So he went on the ship, and unfortunately there was a big storm in the ocean, and the ship did not make it, and his son died. Later, this guy, he, the father, came to the previous Rebbe, and he cried his heart out that his son didn't listen, and went and died. And he said to him, he said to the Rebbe, he said, if you knew that the boat was going to sink, why didn't you just tell me that? I could have prevented the whole boat, not just my son. So the previous Rebbe said that I did not know that the boat would sink. I just knew that your son should not be on that boat. And when somebody is told something, this is the key of his answer. He said, As the men haste, darf men which means in English, when you're told something, you have to follow the instruction. And that's the key, especially when you ask. When you ask and you get a directive, you have to follow. Whether you understand it or not, a lot of times we don't understand things. Lots of times. But when there's an instruction, we have to follow. And that's the thing over here in today's parsha. this talk here. Asaph, you want to follow what your father's doing? You've got to follow it 100%. You can't pick and choose what you want. Otherwise, you end up in history as an Asaph. If you're going to follow, you got to follow everything. You got to follow, don't marry the Canaanite girls. You got to follow, go to Padan Aram. You got to follow everything. You can't pick and choose where it's convenient and where it's not convenient. And that's pretty much the story of today's uh, Sicha. L'chaim.